Good morning and welcome to today's episode of Coffee with Bobby. Today I am joined with Karen Means. Karen is a current stay-at-home mom of four spirited children. She's a lifelong resident of Hendricks County, Indiana, graduated from Plainfield High School and attended the University of Indianapolis before working in banking at a local community bank for over 10 years. Her and her husband, who is my cousin, um, but I consider both of them my cousins, we've been family for years, are passionate about helping others in need and have volunteered and donated to various nonprofits during their 16 years of marriage. And most recently, in 2017, they started their own nonprofit along with some of my other cousins as founders of this amazing nonprofit that we're going to dive into, My Daily Walk and chat more about. Karen, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming on today. It's sort of been a weird year, you know, like we are always so used to doing like all sorts of family stuff together when all of us are in town. And, you know, with COVID, we haven't been able to do that. So it's so good to chat with you on here today. So, yeah, yeah, I'm glad to see your face. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, tell us a little bit more about what you guys have been up to lately. So um, we have our nonprofit by the name of My Daily Walk, Inc. And we are based out of Plainfield, Indiana, which is um, in Hendricks County. And so we're just on the west side of Indianapolis. And... Um, what it is, is it's a shoe coat and clothing closet. So our primary focus is children like birth through age 18, but then um, we also, we allow other individuals to come in, even if they don't have kids or families. We're kind of open to anyone really, um, but as far as like who we market to, it's families that have kids in like our local area. That's amazing. And you guys, I want to highlight this for people who are like thinking about starting nonprofits and the impact and how it transitioned. So you guys first started out with a trailer, correct? That you had. Yeah. So yeah, when we started, um, we first just did shoes and coats. We didn't have all the clothing available and, um, we had, I think it was like a 14 foot by seven foot enclosed motorcycle trailer um, that my husband, my husband actually like searched for a long time on like Craigslist and um, offer up and stuff like that to try to find a good deal. And he ended up driving down to almost Cincinnati. Um, but he, we bought this trailer with our nonprofit funds that we had been able to save up and, um, we had the trailer, I want to say, for probably nine months or so to begin with. And we just, um, we had racks for coats and some shelves for shoes. And we would go to like different locations. Like we primarily used a church here in town. And then one time we used a Zumba studio. They, they had classes in the morning. So we used it in the afternoon and were there for a few hours. And we would just take everything out of the trailer and set it up and then people could come select from the items that we had. Yeah, that's amazing. So you started out with this trailer and now you have a storefront, correct? Yeah, so 
I was trying to think, I think it's been just a little over a year, about a year ago, we um, found a place here in Plainfield. It's, it's small, it's 500 square feet, um, which isn't very big if you think about like the, maybe the size of apartment or house that most people live in. But um, we found this location and it's basically like kind of an entryway room with a big room behind it. And we were able to um, lease that space. And then we decided because we had the bigger space that we could start collecting clothes. Because um, we'd had a lot of people asking when we were looking for shoes and coats, if we could take clothing too. And when we were working out with this trailer, we just didn't have the space for it. Um, but once we found the kind of the physical storefront location, then we were able to start um, accepting clothes. So we get a lot of gently used clothes. Um, it's kind of interesting. People are somewhat, we have a Goodwill here in town that people don't love the idea of donating to Goodwill. And so they're always looking for right. other, other places to like give their items to. So um, we were, we were very fortunate that we get quite a few donations, you know, from people as they clean out their closets. I will say when um, COVID first hit, we, we, we've had to this year kind of turn some people away as far as donations go, because when everyone was first in quarantine back in the spring, we just got like overrun with donations. Like we had so many people that were cleaning closets and stuff when they were at home that we eventually were like, okay, you know, hold off for a little bit because we had too much to go through, but it kind of, it did slow down a bit. And I feel like, you know, this fall, we've started to have to look for some items that, you know, maybe have gotten taken quickly. So, um, but yeah, we had, we had a while where we were overrun for a bit. <laughs> I remember that time, like when you're stuck inside and you don't know what you're going to do and you're like, I'm super bored. I guess I'll clean, you know, like <laughs> yeah. right away this, you know, okay. It's going in the donate pile. So I can totally see how you guys are like, please, I love the idea. Just stop for a second. Um, yeah. With that being said, and now you're accepting, back to the accepting more donations currently with the winter season that's here. Yeah, so we, a lot of times we ask people not to bring us women's clothes because um, all year long, we, I feel like women's fashion changes so fast that we have a tendency to get a lot of women's clothes. But yeah, we've definitely been accepting um, coats of any size and children's clothes. We go through pretty fast, especially like elementary age. Um, like right now we probably could use like winter clothes, like pants for elementary age, as well as we don't get a lot of men's items. Um, we have a tendency to want to focus on casual items like sweatpants and jeans and sweatshirts and stuff like that. And so anytime anyone has any men's clothes that fall in line with those, then we're always willing to accept those. Um, especially with like people that have high schoolers in their family. Uh, we like to have kind of more teenage appropriate clothes. Like sometimes we get button up shirts, um, more like dress clothes. Cause I feel right. like men, you know, they don't, they don't get as much wear, which is great, except for I feel like our target audience isn't necessarily looking for like business casual items. So um, right. we have like, a tendency to was the last time advertise. a high schooler wore a button down <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I was like, well, my oldest, Ted, he's 13 and 
he wears athletic shorts even in the winter and he's not dressing up for anything unless you like absolutely maybe if you paid him he might dress up but for the most part he's not going to (laughs) right maybe for like one family photo right now yeah (laughs) so that makes a really good point like when you are donating or anybody is donating to a cause that's going out to children or even to adults like take into consideration the time that we are in and trends that we are in like if your teenager at home wouldn't wear it you know like there's the other element that a lot of people don't think of they're like oh well I'll just donate it somebody could wear it but at the same time you know that same teenager yes it's another item of clothing but and they're grateful to have something new to wear, but then you also have to take into consideration like what sort of flack per se that they're gonna get at school from other kids. Yeah, yeah, and well, we've come across the issue where people will donate items that maybe were a bit too worn. Um, maybe they have like holes in them or like the zipper's broken or something. and. I think people are like, oh, you know, someone would use this, but we have a, we actually have a tendency to like, um, turn those away. Like we don't, we're kind of picky at our location as far as what we'll accept. And if it's got stains or holes, or if the zippers aren't working, then, um, we actually don't even keep those and hang them up because, you know, I always feel like if it's something I wouldn't wear, or I wouldn't want my kids to necessarily wear, then I'm not going to hang it up for somebody else. Um, to come pick out so so yeah I think that's something people have to keep in mind when they're donating is um just make sure it's like you know something of value still you don't want just I know a lot of people are like oh someone could use it but you have to think about you know they obviously everyone wants to like be dressed well no matter what their situation is and so you want to make sure that you're giving out your best quality items I feel that is so key. And Karen, you hit the nail on the head. It's something, you know, I'm sure with your family as well, but Fred and um, us and our parents and like our moms and grandparents, like that has been the mentality that it has literally been with us since we were born. It's like, if you're going to give something to somebody, make sure it's something that you would want. And like that part of generosity has not only been instilled, but it's like developed over the years. And I am so happy to see that you guys are putting this, it's like your own footprint and on these donations. It's like, if I wouldn't wear it or I wouldn't send my kids to school in it, I'm not going to like make somebody else choose from that. Like they're better things. I know some people might be listening and going, you know, but a donation is a donation. And here it's like, think about it. Like it's your brands going out. It's you're setting the standard for not only yourself, but for the nonprofit as a whole and your family and the community that you are going to be this one place that is longstanding that's going to provide value and provide clothing and shoes and coats of great value that people will want to wear and come back to time and time again. 
So, yeah. Yeah. So going back, you were talking about family. Um, that kind of makes me think. So when we started the nonprofit back in 2017, that, that kind of stemmed from family, I guess. So, um, Fred, he's, he's always been big into kind of like entrepreneurship and wanting to own his own business, which he's a financial consultant by trade. And, um, he works for like a large discount firm, like a national firm. He's obviously here locally, but his clients are across the country. Um, so he does a lot of his business through like phone calls and WebEx and stuff like that. But anyways, he, um, He's always wanted to kind of have his own business. Now, at one point he started, I don't know if you remember the bounce house business they had yes. for a while. So like at one point we had a bounce house business, which um, was very involved on the weekends and it was fun, but it wasn't something like long-term that I felt committed to, I guess, myself. So um, that kind of went the wayside after a few years, but um when um, we started the nonprofit, it was kind of a good way for Fred to still have like that entrepreneurial like spirit sort of, but at the same time, be able to like help the greater good rather than, you know, just like profit from it. Um, and I think like his mom, your aunt Marilyn kind of inspired that a lot. Um, she, she, well, she actually passed away like that same fall in 2017 as when we started the nonprofit and he'd been talking about, you know, starting something when she was still alive and they'd had conversations about it, which, um, she was always bless her heart. She was always willing to help anybody that needed anything sometimes almost to a fault where she would get herself, maybe she would get in over her head a little bit, um, trying to help some people. But, um, you know, that was just who she was. She was willing to kind of like do anything anyone needed and just always had, you know, the biggest giving heart of probably anyone I know. My mom was very similar. Like, um, she did a lot of stuff for the local church that she attended here in town. And I just feel like our moms really kind of inspired us. But um, when Marilyn passed away after that, I think Fred was really drawn to kind of like getting the nonprofit up and going. And so that's when he kind of like dug in and incorporated everything. And um, then obviously we were starting from zero, like we didn't have any funding or we didn't really have any sponsors or People were kind of like, oh, what does this you want to do? But, you know, they'd ask us about it. And that's when we we had to start saving and hunting for the trailer or whatever it was after, you know, after we kind of got, he did, all, obviously he's like a businessman. So he did all the paperwork up front and then we kind of went from there. But, but yeah, I just feel like, um, you know, his mom probably is looking down on him and, um just, you know, proud of kind of how we've come from nothing up to what we are now. And, um, you know, when we set up the storefront as well, like his mom, Marilyn, she always loved shopping at Goodwill. Like that. that I was remember like those days. <laughs> yeah. She, that was like a pastime of hers. Like she would always tell us about her Goodwill finds and like she had, or she'd like have things, they had like a purse case and she'd be eyeing the purses and maybe she wouldn't buy one that day, but she'd go back, you know, the next week and see if it was still there. And um, 
so when we were kind of setting up the storefront, we kind of had that in mind. Like we wanted it to be like a boutique experience kind of. So like, I, like some places you see like clothing closets or whatever, for lack of a better term, where they give away things and it's kind of just like, you know, a bunch of stuff like shoved in a room and maybe it's not overly, yeah, it's not necessarily overly organized and kind of hard to find what you're looking for. And so I felt like that was one of my things when we were setting it up, like I wanted it to look like a store. Like I wanted people, even though we're not exchanging money necessarily, I wanted people to like come in and feel like they're shopping. So like, and we even like, we contacted our local Kohl's here in town and they even gave us like bags. So like when people's like items, we can bag it up at the end. Um, So nice. So like when they leave, they have, you know, like their shopping bags full of items or whatever. But, but yeah, that's one thing that's important to me is um, just trying to keep it organized and like everything's sorted by size. And we just like to keep it where it's not only easy for people to find things necessarily, but also just kind of like aesthetically pleasing, I guess. So that when they walk in, you know, it feels like more like they're making choices out of, you know, out of items that they would want, I guess. For sure. You touched on so many points right there. So one, the inspiration that came from not only Fred's mom and my aunt Marilyn, but also your mom, it has literally grown and and grown from that um, instilling from when all of us were younger of like just giving and that generosity. And I know that every experience that you guys have from like growing this nonprofit from the ground up to this whole branding, it's almost, I wanna relate it to an event experience. And in that event experience, like you guys are having a retail shop uh, for people to go in, but you're having that experience from the moment somebody walks in the door and you want them to have that shopping experience that they probably not really ever get to have, you know, Um, with the lower socioeconomic levels and, you know, not having that extra money. And you guys are providing something that, you know, like you said, other donations and coat closets aren't doing. And it just like, not only warms my heart, but like, I can feel the energy of how you're speaking. And like, you know, for a fact, when you see somebody walk in your doors and they get to have this experience, the joy on their face afterwards. And it's so, so key to have this and you know, just watch it all grow from like the ground up that I've seen, which is incredible. I'm speaking of like transitioning now a little bit in the conversation. So how has it been balancing the nonprofit life all the while raising four kids? (laughs) It's definitely tough at times. It's interesting. Um, So like our nonprofits open, we have open hours on Saturdays, which is 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And at at one point we were open on Tuesday evenings, but we've kind of cut that out since like the coronavirus, Um, because for a while we were appointment only. 
And then uh, we did go back to where we had open hours. Um, but it's definitely been a challenge trying to um, keep it going. And um, one thing that we struggle with is since we're only 500 square feet at the actual storefront, we have like an overflow storage unit that we ended up running. Because um, for a while we were using our home garage as the overflow storage unit and that just became kind of chaotic especially with having the kids like in and out they would leave the door open all the time and we'd be like you know people probably think we were crazy horrors because we had tubs and boxes full of clothes everywhere <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna we ended up <laughs> yeah we ended up getting the storage unit and transferring everything over so that now every once in a while we'll have something in our garage but not not as much as we did like I think at one point we probably had 20 tubs full of clothes that we've been sorting and um so we've since moved that on but yeah that's that's a challenge because it's just like your average storage unit so um obviously like the door opens to like an exterior kind of roadway or whatever and um so our board is made up of Fred my husband your cousin and then me, and then um, Fred's brother, Bob, and then my brother-in-law, which is my sister's husband, his name's Phil. And so the four of us are the executive board, if you will. It's all family run and it's all, it's all volunteer work. Like nobody's, none of us are getting paid for anything we do. Um, so it's definitely a labor of love, but we're very kind of informal probably compared to a lot of nonprofits in the fact that, um, we do like meet from time to time, but like we're kind of just like, hey, you know, we have this time, this particular evening or maybe a Sunday afternoon and we'll go sort things if we have stuff at the overflow. Um, and also we've like hung clothing in the parking lot outside the storefront when we're open and just like drug it back in to, um, to uh, fill our racks. But sometimes we make our kids some help which it depends on the day like sometimes they're like yay you know they're like they want to go see what's going on and other times they're like why do I have to do this <laughs> which that's always a good character building thing you know like we're trying to get across to them that um that not everyone you know is fortunate to kind of be able to have what they need right away and and um, we try to express to them like you know this is we're trying to help others, you know, maybe it's not always the most fun um, thing to be hanging clothes on hangers or to be, you know, sorting shoes. But, you know, if everyone pitches in, then the work's a lot lighter and gets done a lot faster. And um, it's definitely interesting since we're open Saturdays, we kind of rotate. So um, obviously all, everyone on the board has kids. Um, right. Fred and I have four and then Bob and Marina have two and then um, Brenda now has three with Phil um, since they're fostering um, two more now and so it's um, it's definitely sometimes we're babysitting each other's kids while someone runs the nonprofit or like in Fred in my case you know we have to split up and he might take one kid to the nonprofit and I'll have the other three to like do something else. I feel like this fall it's, well, this winter, if you will, it's kind of slowed down a little bit, but at one point we had um, 
kids in football and baseball. And so, you know, we just had, we had to kind of split our directions a little bit to get everyone where they needed to be. Um, and I know like Bob has had the same issues with his kids being in like baseball and stuff. So we do the best we can, but there's definitely some days where, um, you're kind of passing in the passing in the night, if you will. <laughs> just, right. You go here. I'll go here. Everything. I'll make sure everything's yeah. done. I have no clue how dinner is going to get on the table, but we'll have it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I mean, sometimes dinner is peanut butter and jelly, which is fine because right. that's one of our kids. That's what he wants to eat every day, <laughs> all day, every day, peanut butter and jelly. So. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Do what you can. <laughs> it's not flashy. Some days aren't glamorous, but you nailed it on the head. You know, like you were teaching the kids something and it's, this is how the generations go down and down the line of, you know, we're always helping out and helping out where we can and just shining our light. So, which is so key. And when you were talking about your house garage, it just brought me back to this memory of you're like, the neighbors probably think that you're hoarders. I don't know if Fred ever told you this story, <laughs> um, but when we were little and we all my, so like uh, Karen's husband, Fred and his brothers lived like five minutes away from where I grew up and our grandparents were right there. And I remember this like so vividly their house had gotten robbed one day and the kid like the house like the garage was completely full like my aunt and uncle weren't hoarders it's just like how the house sort of was like some things were in disarray but everything got done it was okay and they actually didn't know that they had been robbed until the boys couldn't find the video game systems in the house and <laughs> The police came to the house and they're like, okay, like what's missing, you know? And the term for the police report was like, this house literally got ransacked. And <laughs> I remember that. I remember Marilyn saying that and the boys were like, man, our video games are gone. And you know, that's the only way we knew that we actually got robbed. <laughs> Yeah, I vaguely remember hearing that story about the video games going missing. <laughs> right. That was like in their in their world, that was probably the most important thing that could have gone missing too, was the, their poor little video games. <laughs> right. But the whole thing with that got ramsacked. That's where my mind went to on um, <laughs> the garage story right there. And you know. I love like how you guys are, you know, it, like you said, it's a labor of love through this. It's at times not glamorous, you know, everybody's juggling life with kids right now. You've got sports, you've got schedules and you are still making an impact on the community. And recently, if I remember correctly, was it over a year ago that you guys were recognized by the town of Plainfield? Yeah, so I think it was a year ago in August. Um, so Plainfield is famous for its Community of Values Awards. Um, a lot of the schools here in town actually also give their students awards each month um, based on different values that community that Plainfield as a community holds 
near and dear to their heart. But yeah, we were fortunate enough to be nominated. Um, I think it was August, like a year ago for one of the community value awards. And um, we got to go to the town council meeting, which I was laughing. I was like, I've never been to a town council meeting, <laughs> but uh, we got invited to go and they presented us with um, a nice glass award. And um, we kind of talked a little bit about what it is that we do and all that. So, so yeah, it was, it was, um, unexpected and and it was also really kind of nice and you know rewarding in some ways to uh, be recognized for what we're trying to accomplish which um we by no means are doing any of this for any recognition um we just you know when we started it it was just kind of something we felt called to do and um you know, some days, some days are easier than others, but you kind of push along and keep it going the best you can. <laughs> exactly. You just keep, like, yeah, you just keep going with your intuition and the intuition of like starting this. And, you know, I always say it like there's no better time than now. You can have like a million excuses for why not to try it, but you guys tried it and you guys are making an impact. You're not trying to make an impact. You are making an impact right now on your community and children's lives and adults' lives right in your neighborhood, which is incredible. What's been one of your favorite memories since you guys started this of like the nonprofit itself, whether it was an interaction with somebody or or anything like that. Like, oh, I think just interacting, yeah. Um, well, just like interacting with people that come in. Um, we Well, when we started, we were doing like the coat giveaways out of um, the church lobby. And I think, you know, you see the kids come in and they get to pick out, you know, a coat that they want or um, boots that they want or, you know, just different items. And I th that's always so fun to me to like see the kids kind of get to shop for something that maybe reflects their personality, you know, like if they have a favorite color or just, you know, they, they have a tendency to get so excited about different things that maybe I wouldn't necessarily get excited about. But, you know, that's like the childhood spirit where, you know, just to them it's so fun and you know look at my awesome blue coat or whatever <laughs> just because they right. like the, it's like their new blue coat like they, they get to rock yeah. it out at the school playgrounds and yeah. that's probably something that they haven't ever experienced before you know yeah yeah and then also just um the different like we have a lot of parents that come in and um they always ask if they can donate clothes that their kids have outgrown, which, you know, we're always willing to accept items for donation. And um, I think that also is kind of makes you feel good that, you know, they, while they can get like help that maybe they need, they also can help out at the same time um, just by providing the items that, you know, they don't need for their kids anymore while they do get items that they need. And that's all it's always nice to talk to people you know that not only want to take but also want to give 
Right. And they see that it's not like a one-way street. Like, oh, I'm just going to come in and, you know, grab some clothes. And, you know, once the kids outgrow it, who knows what's going to happen with it. But they see the value in what you guys are doing and the impact that you have made on their lives. And they're going to keep the domino effect going. Yeah. And we've had a few families actually volunteer as well, too. Like they can't, like, there's one lady in particular, I can remember that um, she came in to shop for the first time and she actually volunteered the next Saturday, which was fun, you know, just to see, like, she was so excited to come back and like help give to others um, in that way. And um, it was nice, you know, to chat with her and kind of get to know her and her story and all about her kids and stuff. So, so yeah. yeah. And once you learn somebody's story or just even spend five minutes listening to somebody's story, a lot of times that's I what I found that people just want somebody to listen to them and see what they're up to. And when you can be that person, not only providing them clothes and a place where they can volunteer or feel like they are working and helping a cause, but listen to their story, it makes a world of difference. So you are doing like a world-renowned nonprofit where it's just <laughs> not like one thing is your focus. Like you guys are doing so much, even when you like box it down to you, oh, we're a donation nonprofit. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys are doing all the work. I'm just noticing it over here. What's, or what's been like one of the biggest needs for the, right now? If somebody is out there listening, wondering how that they can help. Um, so one of, I found one of our biggest challenges in one of our needs is just um, monetary donations, which me personally, like, I hate asking, I hate fundraising and I hate asking for money. Um, that's just not like my forte. Like I always say, if I was a millionaire, I'd just pay for everything myself. <laughs> but um, so we're super small budgeted, like compared to a lot of nonprofits, we run on pennies basically. And um, we have our space that we lease monthly where our storefront is. And then we have our storage unit that we lease monthly um, which it's not super big. I want to say it's like 10 by 10 or something. So it's like an average, you know, household storage mm -hmm. unit. And then, um, we pay like a liability insurance policy for the year. Just, um, you know, in case something happened, you got to cover your, cover your assets. That's what someone used to say that I worked with that in the bank. They're like, you got to cover your assets, but, yeah. um, but yeah, like ideally we would like to be in a space that's more closer to a thousand square feet, which um, in the past we've had a few places that we were interested in, um, but like the lease terms just never quite worked out for us. Um, just like maybe it was more of a commitment than we were wanting to make, I guess, because obviously like everyone wants, you want your nonprofit to succeed, but you also don't want to take so much risk that you know, you're putting yourself up for failure. So um, our goal is to move somewhere as far as much as we love the space we're in, our goal would be to move somewhere about twice as big. 
Um, we don't want to be huge by any means. Like I know some people, you know, some people picture like a huge like Goodwill store and that's never our intention. Like we want to keep it small and kind of quaint, but we would love to be able to like sort the donations in the same space that we're having people shop out of because not only for um, just timeliness of like getting donations out on the floor, but also for volunteer purposes. Um, our space is just so small that you get one or two people in there volunteering and that's about all we can handle. Um, we've had a lot of like small groups from churches or um, even like corporate groups that have wanted to like potentially volunteer and we're just not able to accept, you know, we can't accept a dozen people at a time. Right. So we just don't have the space for it. So yeah. So if we, if we could get enough monetary donations as to where we would be able to move to, you know, a space twice as large, um, that would really be helpful for us. I think it would provide a way for us to give more people the opportunity to come in and help. And it would also just make our situation as to how, you know, we're dealing with our donations and our shopping. Um, it would just make it run more fluid as far as getting things out to people. Um, right. So yeah, so that's kind of a challenge. I feel like, yeah, like it's a challenge because I feel like a lot of people want to donate material items, which is awesome. And we definitely appreciate that. But at some point, um, we always have to, there comes times where we have to turn people away because we're just not able to deal with, you know, everything that they want to give us. And um, that's something that we don't necessarily want to have to do. How many families have you helped this year? And with that being said, have you seen an increase this year on families that you have helped compared to the previous year? Um, so at the beginning of December, we took a count and we had one coat Saturday where we gave out 30 coats, which I'm not sure how many families that was necessarily, but not including that particular Saturday and that coat event. We've had 160 visits for the year. Um, so in those 160 visits, we've given out almost 2,500 items, um, which includes, you know, shoes, coats, clothes, underwear, um, stuff like that. So as in total, you know, we've given out 2,500 items to people. Um, I would say, I don't know that I've noticed like a huge increase. Um, I do feel like there has been a lot of people express like that they've had, the people that have come in have expressed like COVID has affected them. Like maybe they've lost a job or their spouse has lost a job or their hours were cut. Um, I feel like a lot of times we, we probably average like five to seven families on a Saturday. Um, and one, like, I would say the first coat Saturday we did, which would have been a year ago, we had 20 families that Saturday. Um, but yeah, I just, it's, it's all, I feel like the people that do come in definitely probably need us. Um, and so whether that be because of COVID or not, they've obviously, you know, um, gotten the information that we're there and are, they're able to visit us and get what they need.
That is incredible. So over 130 families helped this year. All of the items that you guys have provided, all of the love and hard work that has gone into it. Like I see it from the outside. I know the people who are affected appreciate it every single day. And I so hope you guys get into that space because I know for a fact, and I know the mentality of everybody who's running it on this board and that it will be full in no time of clothes. And it will be one where people will love to come in and volunteer and help even more families on, I'm gonna say it, a daily basis. You guys may not have uh, <laughs> be thinking of it or yet of like, this is gonna be a daily operation, but I'm saying that I'm gonna say it now because there are so many people who need help, so many people who want to help. And when you start that domino effect that you guys have, that generosity keeps going and going and overflows into so many more things, which is amazing. And I can't wait yeah. for you to get to that space. Yeah, I mean, I, me personally, I've definitely contemplated um, having more open hours. Like at one point I had talked about when all my kids are in school, it would be, you know, easier to have, <laughs> to have more like, especially weekday hours when um, I don't have extra helpers necessarily bothering me <laughs> about what I'm doing. But um, yeah, I know like right now we offer appointments and last week in particular, I had, um, I think I had three families come in during the week, which um, they, you know, came in during weekday hours. Um, so there's definitely um, the need for having the availability to be open those times, which we're always open. When people need appointments, we do our best to uh, make it happen and try to, uh, you know, work with their schedule. Cause we do have quite a few families that come in that work weekends. Um, Plainfield as a whole has a lot of warehousing as far as um, job availability. And so there are quite a few families that work on weekends in the warehouses because they're open, you know, seven days a week trying to get everything out, especially with the holidays. And um, there's a lot, you know, yeah. I mean, if you're in the local area, uh, Indianapolis, Indiana region, you know, if you're wondering where your Amazon packages are coming from, nine times out of 10, it's coming from Plainfield. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. all of these workers. Yeah, yeah, we actually have um, quite a few friends that work in the warehousing area. And um, it's kind of one particular company, they have like, it's almost like a dozen warehouses and these people, like we probably know half a dozen people that work for them. They all work in different warehouses. <laughs> so it's interesting. Yeah, it's massive. None of them are in the same building. <laughs> right. You just drive and there's like warehouse, warehouse, warehouse. Yeah. And yeah. It's amazing that you guys are so flexible of helping and adjusting. If somebody is listening and they're like, I know a family uh, that could really benefit from my daily walk and grabbing some clothes or anything of that sort, how do they get in contact with you? Um, so we are on Facebook under My Daily Walk Inc. 
And then we also have a website. Um, it's mydailywalk17, I think, .com. I'm terrible at that. Melissa does the website and I do the Facebook stuff. But um, yeah, primarily, if you email us, we'll get back to you. We have a business phone number, um, but I find that email, text, or um, Facebook message is the primary way people contact us, which Facebook message will almost always respond within 30 minutes to an hour. Um, that's one of the joys of being a Facebook Instagram addict is that you always have your phone nearby. <laughs> so um, yeah, so when people contact us through like the Facebook Messenger, uh, we pretty much respond immediately. And, um, you know, if you can't come in on a Saturday, we definitely can work with you to get you in when you can come in. And um, we do our best, like we say, we prefer 24 hours notice just because of having so many kids to deal with and trying to logistically make it there. But, um, but yeah, like, you know, if you need something, we're definitely willing to um, meet you there and, you know, try to help you out with what we have, so. And I will make sure to put all of the links here on Facebook, on Instagram, in the comments, as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So please share it. Please help get my daily walk out there and help more people in the community. If somebody is listening, Karen, and they want to donate, do you suggest them going to the website or find you on Facebook or is there another way? Um, yeah, so um, the easiest and quickest way to donate is through our website. And um, we have a PayPal link on there and um, it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> just fill it out for your donation amount. We also, if you contact us through Facebook, we have a PO box that we use for mailing purposes. And um, if you'd rather mail a donation, we can always give you our PO box as well. Um, but yeah, that's the, the easiest way is through our website. You have heard it here, guys. Karen may not push for any of your donations, but I will push for them. Uh, she doesn't like the fundraising aspects, but you know me, a marketer at heart and good causes. I will push for it. If you're looking for an amazing cause, if you're looking for a way to make an impact in a local community and just literally not only bring smiles to somebody's heart and joy, but offer them warm clothes and shoes, it's something that we all need in our lives. It's getting to be winter season. Let's help make Karen and Fred and Fred's brothers, you know, dreams come true of like getting this out there to more people and ability to have that space. Because I've seen it grow from the ground up, from the event days and the trailer days. And there were days where I'd be in Chicago for work and I'm like, Karen, what do you need? Do you need more coats? Okay. And I literally go to the, some of the top Goodwills in Chicago and some of the other thrift stores. And I was like, okay, I'm bringing a coat load, like a car load home. Let's make it happen. Um, you guys are impacting so many people and I just, can't wait to see it grow. So if you guys have feel felt moved by this episode of Coffee with Bobby, just please um, donate whatever you can or just share the message and that matters so much more. Karen, it's been a joy having you on here. 
one question before we wrap up. And I ask every guest this, what has been one of the biggest blessings of this year for you? Um, the biggest blessings, I will say just a slower pace kind of. Um, so my kids aren't super huge into extracurricular activities necessarily. They play a few sports here and there, but we've definitely spent a lot more time at home. Um, I'm the type of person that I don't really love being at home. My sister and dad always crack jokes about I used to never be at home. And I feel like I've actually become more of a homebody this year. Um, and I kind of, yeah, I guess my home's kind of my space since there's nothing else to do <laughs> right. in a lot of respects, you know, it's become like kind of my comfy place. And I just feel like um, it's just been nice to not, not have to go as many places necessarily, even though I'm kind of someone that likes to be on the go. It's forced me to slow down a bit, so. And sometimes that rest is so needed, even when we don't realize it. So I can totally relate with you on that one of just like the slower pace and the slower lifestyle of like, if it doesn't have to be done today, maybe it can yeah. wait, you know, like don't try to <laughs> yeah. jam everything in the schedule. Um, Except today. Today is one of those days where I'm like, I've got so much stuff to get done and it's all got to happen. <laughs> Holiday yeah. shipments are going out. Um, but yeah, that's amazing. Karen, so we've listed all of the My Daily Walk info. If somebody wants to, to connect with you on social media, do you want to express any of your um, personal social handles? Um, well, typically, uh, my Instagram is ghetto Dorothy. I don't honestly accept a lot of people. I don't know. Um, maybe if you let me know that you're connected through coffee with Bobby, I'd probably be more inclined to, uh, to allow you to be my friend. But, um, yeah, as far as if you just follow us on my daily walk, um, that's where all the fun nonprofit stuff happens. And sometimes if you're lucky, I'll do silly stuff on there. Like, um, tell you to tell me your favorite holiday dessert or something but uh <laughs> but yeah the biggest thing like we just um we love having followers on our page and we're pretty um pretty good at updating on if we ever need anything or what's going on with us so so when we get to move someday thanks to bobby and her marketing <laughs> then uh, we'll it will happen update. Yeah, we'll be sure to update on, on the My Daily Walking Facebook page. <laughs> well, I will make sure to tag everybody in this on the My Daily Walk and websites for donations and just to find out more information so you can find it in the comments in the show notes. Karen, it's been such a pleasure having you on today. Thank you so much for joining me for coffee today. Oh. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for, for everybody me. who is watching this today. I hope your week is going off to a fantastic start. It is the start of a brand new week and so many great things are in store for you. And that's a wrap of today's episode of Coffee with Bobby and Karen. Have a great day, guys. Bye.